WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. This is Butch Slaughter, and you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. Welcome to my neighborhood, the Avenue. I grew up here, and each week I'll be sharing the sounds and stories of the people that made the Avenue great. Welcome back to The Avenue. On this week's show, we're broadcasting from the legendary Naptown nightclub, AJ's Lounge. AJ's is known as the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis, and it's also the only nightclub still in business connected to the historic Indiana Avenue neighborhood. We'll be talking with the bar's owner, Gwen Robinson. Gwen will share the history of AJ's Lounge and will listen to music from some of the great Naptown musicians who performed at AJ's. Before we join Gwen at AJ's Lounge, we want to pay our respects to the Indianapolis musician and vocalist Tony Cheeseboro. He passed away last week after contracting COVID-19. Tony was best known in Naptown as the leader of the Tony Cheeseboro Blues Band. But Tony also performed with many of the legendary Indiana Avenue funk and soul musicians we feature regularly in this program, including Ebony Rhythm Funk Campaign and Amnesty. In fact, Tony played guitar for my group, The Words of Wisdom. Tony performed with us on our Southern tour during the late 1970s when we toured as an opening act for the godfather of soul, James Brown. Tony was an extraordinary performer and friend to many. We send our sincere condolences to his family. This is Tony Cheeseboro with Rainy Night in Georgia, recorded live at the Slippery Noodle Inn. Georgia. Lord, I believe it's raining all over the world. It must be raining all over the world. I know what they're talking about. It must be raining. Raining, 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 raining. This is Butch Slaughter. And you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. On this week's show, we're broadcasting from the legendary Naptown Club, AJ's Lounge. AJ's is known as the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis. And it's also the only nightclub connected to the historic Indiana Avenue neighborhood that is still in business. Sadly, 
AJ's is no longer located in the Avenue area. The club now sits at 1118 South Meridian Street. But there's no need to mourn. AJ's is bigger and better than ever. And AJ's continues to carry on the legacy of Mindiana Avenue, from the musicians they feature on stage to the patrons they serve nightly. We're here at AJ's now. It's just before opening time, and WFYI's Kyle Long is sitting down with AJ's owner, Gwen Robinson. She agreed to walk us through the history of AJ's Lounge. The bar was first opened over 50 years ago by Gwen's father, AJ Robinson. And Gwen has been running the lounge since AJ's death in 2005. Let's join our conversation with Gwen Robinson. Gwen, thank you so much for welcoming us into uh, AJ's Lounge today and taking a minute to speak with us. I appreciate it. No problem. I wanted to talk about the incredible history of this bar and the history of your family in this city. And I think uh, the right place to start is to talk about your father, who founded the original AJ's Lounge and is AJ Robinson. The bar was named after him. From what I understand, your family came to Indianapolis from Jackson, Mississippi in the 1950s. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What brought them north? Opportunity? My dad was looking for a better opportunity for his wife and for his children. And coming north uh, seemed to provide that for us. So, I mean, he used to work construction. <clears throat> then he had an opportunity when he used to go to Terrell's Tavern over on uh, Blackford Street. The person who currently owned it had a couple of sons, but they didn't want any part of it. And actually, they all moved to California. So that's when my dad said, well, okay, I'll, I'll take it. And that's what he did. So it's history ever since. And we used to be, I, I'm pretty sure there were a couple factories where they used to make um, flour and maybe a couple um, businesses that he got business from because the people used to walk by the bar every day or walk to the bar. So that's pretty much where you got to start. And Gwen, were you born in Mississippi or were you born here in Indianapolis? I was born in Mississippi. Yeah. 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 Actually, they left my brother and myself in, in Mississippi until they could secure work here. So we were there for until I was maybe four or five. Mm -hmm. And I do have my brother who is my partner as well. Mm -hmm. And so you grew up largely in Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember coming here? Do you remember what the change of culture was like coming up to Indianapolis? Oh, no, I don't remember that. I was way too young. Yeah. But I do remember when my dad bought, eight, I mean, bought Terrell's Tavern from, from the Terrell family. I, uh, I needed a, or actually I wanted a bag of potato chips and a can of pop. So I knocked on the door, and he gave it to me, and so I was trying to pay for it. He said, oh, no, you don't have to pay. So I said, this tavern stuff is going to work out pretty good for me. <laughs> so I always tell that story because I thought it was so cute. <laughs> yeah. And your family lived on Blackford Street, right? Is that where yeah, you Yeah, actually up? we lived uh, right next door to the bar, mm -hmm. right next door. And that was in the Indiana Avenue neighborhood, uh, roughly, right? Right. It was over at 142 North Blackford, mm. across from Military Park. Mm. Mm. So, What was it like growing up in that neighborhood? It was great. I mean, everybody knew everybody. We were all neighbors. And a lot of us were like, they claim we were all family. So I don't know. I think people from the South just kind of like claim each other. And everybody just worked hard. And it was about the neighborhood supporting each other. So it was actually it was great. At that age, as a kid, were you aware of the 
legacy of uh, culture that had come out of that neighborhood? And were you kind of immersed in that music culture of the neighborhood? I think we were just immersed in it. And I think we just kind of like thought this was the norm, this was okay. And we were kind of considered like, oh, well, they own a business, so they, they really got it going on. You know, just, just regular stuff. So, but it, it was good. It was good. And I know you didn't set out to uh, be part of the family business initially. I read that you went to Purdue and uh, studied business, and you had plans to go to law school at one point, right? Tell me a little bit about your interests as a young person and yeah, how you came to uh, take over uh, management of the bar. Well, I always knew deep in my heart that I would be back to Indianapolis. I lived in Chicago for about 22 years. Um, I, my dad, my, my mom and dad were very strong and very influential in, in me getting, my, in us getting a postgraduate degrees or getting any degrees because they didn't have college education. My dad had a fourth grade education. And I used to always tell him, you, you really got it going on because, I mean, who has a fourth grade education and can run a business? Because he was good with numbers. He was good with people. But back to me, I, um, I went to Purdue. I graduated Purdue. Uh, I went to Chicago. I got a master's degree, and I entertained the idea of getting a, a law degree. But that didn't happen, so I ended up coming back when my dad died in 2005 to take over or to help my brother with the business. It's been great ever since. I've been back 14 years now. I mean, I thought it was like five or six, and they told me it's been like 14. <laughs> so time has really flown by. Uh, the difference for me is... I can see the opportunity. I can learn from the mistakes that we may have made. And now I feel more comfortable in, in having been kind of good with owning my building so that I don't get put out anymore. We're speaking with Gwen Robinson the owner of the legendary Indianapolis nightclub, AJ's Lounge. Throughout this week's program, we'll be sharing music from some of the artists who have performed at AJ's over the years. And up first, we'll listen to a track from the great Naptown guitarist, Steve Weekly. We'll hear Bowlegs, a track Steve composed and recorded in 1971 as a member of Funk Incorporated. This is Butch Slaughter, and you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. On this week's show, we're broadcasting from the legendary Indianapolis nightclub, AJ's Lounge. The bar's owner, Gwen Robinson, has been sharing the history of AJ's Lounge with WFYI's Kyle Long. AJ's was founded over 50 years ago by Gwen's father, AJ Robinson. And today, AJ's is known as the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis. Let's return to our conversation with Gwen Robinson. 
I wanted to learn a little bit more about your father, AJ. It seems like his personality was really the foundation of this bar. And, oh. it, you know, everything I read about him, he was loved by the community. People loved yeah. him. Yeah, and he, he could relate to all different sorts oh. of people too, right? Yeah, he Tell was. Me about your he could read people very well. I mean, he was he was a jokester. He was a matchmaker. He was deep down inside. He was a very kind person, but he didn't tolerate a whole bunch of foolishness. If you come correct, you're good. But if you're going to act up, you're probably not going to be too good. So, uh, and my brother is just like that. He's got a great personality, and people really they like him really a lot more than they really like me, but I'm okay with that. I mean, it's just being comfortable, being able to, you got to manage your bar. Otherwise, it'll, it'll just fall out of control. And so that's, I think, where you just kind of really know the people who come in and and just treat people with dignity and respect. And then all we want to do is have a good time. So I think my dad could understand that, could appreciate that. And But, no, people really, really loved him a whole lot. So I'm very blessed to have had had him as my dad. So. And I've read that the AJ's Lounge on Senate Avenue was a hangout for all sorts of people from politicians to police officers Governors. to just the neighborhood folks. Yeah, tell me yeah. about the yeah. kind of atmosphere back in the day at AJ's Lounge. It was the kind of place where people come in, you know, they could be anybody. They could be attorneys, they could be doctors, they were uh, mayors, governors, but they come to AJ's, they're just Everybody's treated the same. He said, Gwen, I'm going to tell you, the big shots come in here. They'll spend a little money for one day, but your everyday regular people, they're going to come every day. You can get your utility bills paid. You get your light, all of that. So you treat everybody the same. Nobody getting any special treatment because you're treating everybody good anyways. So, um, and what usually happens at AJ's always stayed at AJ's, you know. So it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good place. It is. People look out for each other, and I'm just... We just, we just love it. We really do. And Gwen, you mentioned you took over the bar in 2005 when your father passed away. Yeah. But I understand you were working there bartending as a young woman in the 1970s. Is that true? I stopped through every now and again because I had said to myself, I'm not going to be able to do this because these people are just way too demanding. And but the reality of it was I understand. So I came back. So I'm, I'm good. Mm. Yeah. Was the atmosphere any different in the 70s than it is today here on South Meridian Street, the kind of crowd and just the ambience of the bar? I think we've maintained that legacy. I think, you know, people still come in expecting great service. I think they come in expecting great drinks. And I just think we've just been, been very fortunate in maintaining that, and that's important. I want people to come in, all people, relaxed and, and just have an appreciation and acceptance for each other. And I do believe we've maintained that. So... And your your spot, AJ's Lounge, it's not necessarily a music venue, but you've featured live music in the past, and, and your new location is, has a stage and is very conducive to uh, featuring live music. Do you think of this as a music venue, AJ's Lounge? No, I just think, no. I think it, think of it as AJ's giving everybody a treat because the customers love, love live entertainment, especially when it's free. <laughs> but... um. I, at the other bar, believe it or not, it was only 968 square feet. And every now and again, we'd have a, a little band in there. And Gwen, I wanted to ask you about the music you featured here. Uh, you mentioned the 
old location was 900 square feet, 900 something square feet. I did see some shows there. I saw Clifford Ratliff play there. And it was amazing to see, you that know. That close intimacy yes. that everybody's like, excuse me, moving around and trying to get the smaller the club, the bigger the party. That's yeah. all I can say. And that's how people really perceive it. But I, I enjoy, personally, I enjoy live entertainment myself. If I'm out and about, I, I can appreciate that. And I just try and give the customers something that I know that they enjoy as well. And you have great entertainment here at your current location. Uh, I've seen Johnny Dial here, Debbie Nelson in In Full Transition. Al Watson is the entertainment director here at the uh, spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell me about the history of featuring music at the at AJ's Lounge. Is that something your dad did, or is that something you brought into the uh, I think venue? the people that over on North and Senate are just people who knew my dad and, and thought they were, like, just doing him a favor. They would have jazz um, I think jazz, jazz month or weekend, they would just come over and they would play inside for free. But when I came here, I'm thinking people really enjoy live entertainment. So that's why we um, talked with Mr. Watson there and he was able to, because he, he knows a lot of the bands and I don't really know the band people like that and my plate is kind of full already. So I relied upon his expertise to bring people in and he's done a, a great job and Unfortunately, with Corona, we had to stop with the live bands and probably won't uh, resume that until after the first of the year. You know, we need to get a little bit more of a handle and, and all that closeness. Uh. I'm curious if you remember when your dad started featuring music. Was he doing it all along or was there a point when he, yeah, do you remember when he started featuring music in AJ's Lounge? Uh, that was, that would have been, I would come home from, from Chicago maybe. It was so sporadic. Uh, I would have to say maybe maybe in the late late seventies or, I mean, it wasn't like consistently. It was just like every now and again. So it wasn't it wasn't like like remember like the famous door or those places on the avenue that had entertainment every weekend. He he wasn't doing all that. Mm. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it was never really a music venue. Like no. you said, it was a treat for right, the uh, right, crowd, right, right. an occasional treat that you offered mm -hmm. the crowd. Do you remember any of them? I know you're not a music person, but do you remember any of the artists who played for your dad? Oh no, I don't remember that. Uh, there were but a couple. There's a couple guys that still come around. I don't even know if they still have their band or not. I, I just haven't seen them in a while. And my dad used to always say, Gwen. When the jukebox plays or touch tunes, I make money. When the bands play, I got to pay them. Mm. So I always think about that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you used to have a great jukebox over at Senate Avenue. Oh, I remember you had it. all yeah. kinds of blues, James Brown. Yeah, did you stock that jukebox or was it? I think they broke our jukebox. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, we, we were shut down to remodel yeah. this place yeah. uh, many, maybe seven years ago. They brought it back in. It's never played since. So it's, it's gone. All those CDs. I still have the CDs, though. I mean, you're talking about good music. And people would memorize the, the, name, the, the, the number of the selection. They come in, yeah, what is that, 2503? I'm like, yeah, that's it. So, uh, but with Touchstones, you know, you do that app through your phone or you pay money for it. So... Did you stock the CDs in the jukebox, or was that just a group? No, I left, I left those there from, from my dad had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And I would change out. There's like maybe five that I would change out to, to, to have uh, updated music. But, no, we liked all that old stuff because we are old people. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Echoes of Indiana Avenue will return 
with more from AJ's Lounge after this short break. This is Butch Slaughter, and you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. On this week's show, we're broadcasting from the legendary Naptown Club, AJ's Lounge. AJ's is known as the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis, and it's also the only nightclub connected to the historic Indiana Avenue neighborhood that is still in business. We're talking with the bar's owner, Gwen Robinson. Her father, A.J. Robinson, opened the bar over 50 years ago, and Gwen has been running the lounge since A.J.'s death in 2005. WFYI's Kyle Long recently spoke with Gwen. Let's return to their conversation. And Gwen, I want to ask about some of the titles uh, this bar carries, one of which is, I believe you call it Indy's Premier Mature Night Spot. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me about the clientele and uh, kind of the, that slogan. Oh. It's a more sophisticated crowd. It's not a bunch of young people acting up, right? Oh, no. We, we cater to people who are probably, 40, mm, I better be careful, maybe <laughs> 35 and maybe 40 and up. Um, we, we just like laid back, mellow, professional, a lot of retired. Um, people just want to, we need a safe environment, and that's what we provide. My dad used to say, my dad used to tell me all kinds of stuff. He said, Gwen, if you have a good, a good place where women feel comfortable coming unescorted, because the men will come, they will follow, you, you, you're good. And that's what we do. We provide a safe place, and women come all the time without anybody bothering them. Or it's just, and that's just important. You got to feel comfortable. You got to not worry about looking over your back. And I just, I think it's great. Hmm. I really do. You mentioned your dad just had a fourth grade education, but it sounds like he had a lot of wisdom oh, and taught did. you a lot about life and running this business. Yeah, yeah, tell me about kind of what you learned from your dad about, you know life and running this uh, establishment because it's we, we don't have that kind of okay time. no i'm just kidding <laughs> but i i'm very grateful to them to my dad and mom for allowing me the opportunity to to experience corporate america to experience knowing the difference between treating people fairly however being cautious um being able to to make money and, and still provide a great environment. I, I like to, and it's really true, treat people the way you want to be treated. It, it is so true. If you come in and you, you're acting like all good and, you know, you're being respectful, oh, there's nothing we won't do for you. But if you're acting up with your little pants way down here and a lot of profanity, that's all you have that puffs the signs. Excessive profanity, oh, no. You know, you got to be respectful of people. Everybody wants to have a good time. But if you cussing like a sailor, oh, no, you're giving me stress. We can't have that. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're very, and I can't say enough, the climate, but I got to tell you, if I didn't own a bar 15, 20 years ago, I don't know that I would seek that as a career now. The laws have changed so much. Um, I just, I just don't know. It, it, I, I'm not, I don't even worry about competition. I worry about what we do here. And if I'm good, what we do here. I really don't 
I don't care. I'm not concerned about what everybody else does. So. And Gwen, another title the bar carries is the oldest African-American-owned business in Indianapolis, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Tell me about that and what that means to you. Is that... Do you get a sense of pride from that? Tell me about that. To well, to be honest with you, I, I could have probably capitalized on that, but I, I never really even thought about it. I just, I just say, you got to do do the right thing, and and that's what we're we're predicated on is doing what's right for an environment of people socializing. So, but that's a that's a great that's a great accomplishment, I think. You know, and especially during the pandemic, I tell you, I was sometimes I was like really concerned. And through the grace of God and cutting down all of our expenses, we were able to maintain and keep our doors open. So that that lets me know that we kind of like know what we're doing. Another significant uh, title I could add to the bar's legacy is I believe this is the only nightclub still open that has direct ties to the Indiana Avenue neighborhood. We were talking about that earlier. Right. And as far as we, all of us in this room know, that's correct, true? Yeah, that's, there's yeah. no one else that was on the avenue that is still, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of businesses that were there. Oh, oh, my goodness, so many places that I didn't really, really, really know about mm-hmm. because, we, like I said, I mean, I'm old, but I'm not, not there mm-hmm. yet. So, <laughs> But, um. I just think it's it's important to understand the importance of being who you are and trying that's why we didn't want to when we had to relocate we didn't want to move like far far away but this is the only place or the closest place that we could be we've been speaking with Gwen Robinson the owner of AJ's lounge let's pause and listen to music from one of the bands featured at AJ's lounge This is Debbie Nelson and In Full Transition with Castaway. This is Butch Slaughter, and you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. That was Debbie Nelson, one of many Neptown musicians that has performed at AJ's Lounge. On this week's show, we're talking with the bar's owner, Gwen Robinson. Her father, AJ Robinson, opened AJ's Lounge over 50 years ago, and today, AJ's is known as the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis. It's also the only nightclub connected to the historic Indiana Avenue neighborhood that is still in business. But like nearly all of the residents and businesses that once populated the avenue, AJ's has dealt with the issue of forced displacement. First, in 1970, when the expansion of IUPUI led to the closure of A.J. Robertson's first bar, Terrell's Tavern, on Blackbird Street. And later, in 2015, when A.J.'s Senate Avenue location was forced to close. A.J.'s Lounge now sits 
at 1118 South Meridian Street, and the club is bigger and better than ever. Let's return to our conversation with Gwen Robinson. And I wanted to ask you about the history of the Indiana Avenue neighborhood and the displacement that's happened there, right? Um, this has happened, displacement has happened to you and your family twice in the history of this business, right? In 1970, the original Terrell's Tavern was purchased by IUPUI as part of the um, expansion of the campus, which right. saw the destruction of much of the Avenue neighborhood. Then in 2015, was it? Right. You were displaced from your Senate Avenue location, which ultimately uh, saw you move here in this great new building. <laughs> but uh, tell me about that history of displacement where this entire neighborhood essentially was dismantled and the culture was just uh, erased. But I, I think the important thing there is education, uh, understanding that if you own a place, you cannot be displaced. But um, the people on the avenue, I just can't imagine that we knew that or understood the importance of that. Me being second generation, I know how important it is to have real estate, how important it is to be able to stand on your own two feet and, and say, no, I don't have to move. I own this, and if you want me to buy it, or if you want to buy it from me, this is the price point that I have. And it makes you feel, it's very humbling, and it makes you feel, it made me feel angry at first um, because I thought that I should have known to have my dad purchase a building as opposed to, because I just should have known better. But then when I do realize better, I did better. So, but we can't be put out from here. Right. You so own this location. That's, that's yes, a good yes, thing. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, so that's a good feeling. Yeah, you mentioned being angry about the situation. Do you have a sense of bitterness about how the city has handled that neighborhood in general? When you think about the all the businesses that were destroyed, all the people that were displaced, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the thing is, I, I mean, I can't be angry at, at Goliath because David didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? We That, again, take responsibility for yourself, responsibility for where is it you want the next generation to be? Um, yeah, I, I, I do get angry, but then I say, well, Gwen, no, you no need to be angry. You, you learn from what's happened, and the next time around, it won't happen to you again. And, and really, you should be sharing knowledge, like, or we should have shared that knowledge 40 years ago, 30 years ago, but we didn't. So that's why now we have, we have nothing on the avenue. Not really. Not, not this black-owned. And now you can't even, I think they got the Kurt Vonnegut Library down. I think that's what's down there At Arlene's House of Music, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old yeah, Arlene's, yeah. yeah. So, um, but that's history. You live, you learn, you make other decisions. So, we, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the musicians who play on this stage played in the clubs of Indiana Avenue. I think a lot of your clientele here today have roots yeah, in that neighborhood. Yeah. Do you feel like you're carrying on that legacy of this neighborhood here every day in this bar? Or do you even think about it in, in that way? To be honest, I, I don't I don't really think about it. I mean, I am happy when when the older people still patronize us because it, it makes me remember when I used to li- when I used to be over on North and Senate because these are people who my parents knew. It's not a whole bunch of them left. So the ones that are still out socializing, I'm always glad to see them. But as far as the, as the business part of it, 
I'm just, just still just making, you know, just trying to. You're trying to keep the lights on and the drinks served and all the basics, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah. when I ask you that, do you, does that make sense that you're kind of, when I say you're kind of maintaining this legacy here at the bar every day, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I can understand it because people say, if I haven't seen them in a couple years, they're like, you, you still here? I'm like, yeah, no thanks to you. Where you been? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, and people, the older people, they, re, they respect it and they love it. They really do. And that, that is, in, a, in itself is a blessing. So. Let's pause and listen to another recording from one of the great naptime musicians that has performed at AJ's Lounge. Up next, we'll hear a piece featuring the jazz musician Clifford Radliff. From the album Uncle Funkenstein, this is Russell Webster with Blue Robe featuring Clifford Radliff on trumpet. This is Butch Slaughter, and you're listening to the Echoes of Indiana Avenue. On this week's show, we've been listening to a conversation between WFYI's Kyle Long and Gwen Robinson, the owner of AJ's Lounge, the oldest black-owned bar in Indianapolis, and the only remaining nightclub connected to the historic Indiana Avenue neighborhood. Let's return to their conversation. And the bar celebrated its 50th anniversary a few years ago, right? We did. It was a big thing. We had a, oh, it was oh, it was nice. And how old is the bar now? Oh, the bar. Oh, we gotta be like oh, I haven't kept up on it. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to tell no, okay. more, no more lies. <laughs> this guy uh, isn't in excess of 50 years. Maybe, yeah. maybe 55, 54, someplace down in there. I mean, that to me, that's amazing. Yeah. In a bar, come on, they open and close all the time. Restaurants open and close all the time. Go to the bank to get a loan. They say, oh, no, you can't get a loan because you bars and restaurants are the first to go out of business. So, Why, has, why is this place different? What have you done differently here? What did your father do differently that kept it going? I haven't done anything differently. I have maintained. And uh, if you have your standards up here, you probably end up someplace like this, you know, right here. So... I just think that is that's critical. I I know you want to have a good time, but you got to have a good time and not be disrespectful. And everybody is welcomed, and I say that repeatedly because it's the truth. And I just think um, if you have those standards, it it, it works out. Yeah, it does. And then people, a, a lot of people, professional people, people who are retired, they want some place. They they want to be comfortable. And the new and the places that are are kind of new. They, they don't feel comfortable with all that rap music and a lot of guns being carried, and they, they don't feel comfortable. They, they, they nervous, and I'm nervous, so. So you've been careful to sort of maintain a, a, a very, you've carefully sort of maintained a certain atmosphere here, and that's helped you keep this going. Oh, that's yeah. critical. Mm-hmm. That's key, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have young, because we don't even, we have the uh, rap, if you have, like, cursing in it, it's, it's, um, 
it's banned from from playing. It won't play. Right. And they'll be well, we're like, I don't know, we don't want to hear that in here. <laughs> Getting all excited because your music will dictate your mood of your crowd. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- where do you see this bar going in the future? Do you think about like how long you want to continue running AJ's Lounge, and wh- where do you see the what's the future of AJ's Lounge? Well, the future is I probably will retire in maybe maybe four or five years, and hopefully someone will take it over who will have that same desire, that same dedication, that same love for a pleasant, laid-back, older clientele, you know, so. Yeah. Any final thoughts you want to share on the legacy of the bar, your father, the family's history in Indianapolis? No, I just think that we are, we're like the last of the Mohicans. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just think I, we just get, I give ovation to the people who come here, the people who just, they just come, they can go anywhere and spend their money, but they choose to come here. You come here on like tonight or Friday or Saturday night, there's no room to sit or stand. And it, it's because people, like I said, they want to have a good, safe, good time. And, and I, I love providing that. Now we have food here at the other bar. We didn't have food. So, um, and they really enjoy that. So my mother used to cook for the old bar, but uh, here we have a, a we have a, another a, a real cook, I guess. So, but that's that's I appreciate the opportunity to share my sentiments. Um, so thank you very much. Let me go back to something you said. You said you were the last of the Mohicans. Put that in a different way. What do you mean by that? What what do you represent the last of? Do you know what I mean? Describe that to me. Well, I'm thinking we're the last ones from Indiana Avenue area who still maintain our integrity, maintained our existence by doing what we do. And the avenue was full of entertainment, full of having a good time, full of love. But now, I mean, there's nothing there. I mean, as far as entertainment goes. So, so we're just, we're just here. It's been a good ride. Yeah. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for taking time to do this today. I know you're getting ready to set up a shop to open up tonight. Um, and I thank you for keeping this bar going. Like I said, you, you're keeping a legacy alive that uh, would otherwise you, you know, be gone. As you mentioned, you're the last of the Mohicans. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for keeping this bar alive and uh, creating a space for the type of music you provide here. So oh, thank yeah. you for all you've done for the city and uh, really appreciate you taking time to do this. Oh, not a problem. Very good. We've been listening to a conversation with Gwen Robinson, the owner of AJ's Lounge. Let's end this week's show with music from Johnny Dial and the Organizers, one of the many Naptown bands that has performed at AJ's Lounge. This is Johnny Dial and the Organizers with Living for the City. Closing time here at AJ's Lounge. 
Thank you for stopping by. We'd also like to thank Gwen Robinson, the owner of AJ's Lounge, and Al Watson, the entertainment director at AJ's. And thank you to engineer Adam Gross for recording this session. You can meet me on the Avenue again next week, same time, same place. And you can find the Echoes of Indiana Avenue podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Echoes of Indiana Avenue is written and produced by Kyle Long and hosted and co-produced by me, Herman Butch Slaughter. Nobody knows on uptown, baby, like I do. Nobody knows on uptown, baby, like I do. Do. If you will stop and listen, I will tell you a thing or two.